Hi, welcome to my creativity. I'm your host, Saru. This podcast is where I reveal how I work, talk about my projects and my process, and talk about my creativity, from planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head, and the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. Now, each week, I go over last week's goals, and at the end of the episode, I'll talk about what my coming week's ep- episodes are, hmm. what my coming week's goals are. Now, last week... I set the following goals. I was going to do Exit Plan Episode 11, and I finally managed to get all the voice together and get that done. Even though, in fact, I found I was missing one line from one of my voice actors, I was able to modify the script and edit it in a way that it was okay. It wasn't an important line. Finish Book 3. I finished editing Book 3. I've got the formatting down, so that's good. Run 5 kilometers, 5 kilometers. So 5 kilometers on Saturday, yep, I did that. Kids went out with Nana, so I was on my own at home, went out for a run. It was beautiful. My legs are working well. Today, I went for a run, this time with the kids. Uh, It turns out they ride their bikes about the same speed I run. So we sort of ran out to a a playground that's about, it was about three and a half, four kilometers away. Turns out they had like a little um, market fair there or something funny. So the kids got to see some scorpions in a jar and play with a snake and a lizard and, you know, run around, be silly buggers. Write my blog strategy. I have written that up and I've actually already started writing my first blog post. So that's really good. That's tick, 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 tick all the way along. Other things that happened, other things that happened. Oh, geez. No idea. Something I wanted to talk about tonight, though, is this concept of self-improvement and personal development and how it is relevant uh, in the field of being a creative person and trying to uh, run uh, a business as a creative person. Because, of course, as you know, it is my goal, along with I'm sure many people listening here, the goal is to not work for someone else, to work for myself in my creative pursuits. I also have the desire to help other people uh, create Because I love being inspired by what other people create. And I want people to be able to, I suppose a bit selfish really. I just want all of you creators out there to inspire me. And I want you to have a way that you can do that. But part of this then is self-improvement and personal development. Because I have gotten to a place in my IT career due to continuous improvement and development. And that's sort of a a single track that heads on into the future. And it's kind of a default path. It's become so ingrained in me now that it's just habitual. So part of my self-improvement and personal development process then will be to shift tracks from this career of computer programming and information technology and so on and shift over to... One where I am producing 
creative artifacts other than computer programs for other people, but where I'm also helping and collaborating with other people so they can bring their creativity to market. So it got me thinking about this topic of self-improvement, personal development, and there's a whole industry around it. Parts of it, I think, are more genuine, perhaps, or more useful than others. And I want to think, and I, I wanted to think about what it is. What does it mean, self-improvement? And I've already spoken in previous episodes about the fact that if if you want to have something different, and I assume that it's something better, an improvement, then you have to change yourself. And so there are a lot of people out there who will provide means, coaching, training, um, devices, tools, technologies, however you want to talk it talk about it, that allow you to modify the way you live so as to achieve a better way of living. And a better way of living is entirely subjective. It's, it's what you believe to be the better way of living. But how many, how many ways are there to do that? And that's an interesting thought because there is this industry around it and people are trying to make money from it. And that's cool. But what are all your options? Now, I think I think one of the most obvious... Is it the most obvious? I don't know. I think it's one of the most obvious uh, paths is maybe, maybe one of the longer-term commercial paths is fitness. Self-improvement, uh, make yourself fitter. You have uh, a certain time in which you can run, say, five kilometers, and then you dedicate to training on that. And then after a while you are able to run those five kilometers faster or with less effort, however you want to look at it. But you'll, you'll have a start point where you set a baseline, you'll undergo some sort of training, and then you'll have a measurement at the end to determine the effect of that training. So how can we do this with other things? And that's something that's interested me because I think first you have to accept that things can change and I had an interesting experience when I was working as a gym instructor back 12, 13 years ago now in Melbourne, Australia. I was taking a man through his gym program. He was just first time joining up. In fact, first time he's been to a gym. And I sat him down in a piece of equipment and we, I told, showed him how to use it. And we sort of chose a weight that he could do 10 repetitions of. Uh, and then I showed him on this bit of paper. I said, and so you write down the weight you did and the number of repetitions and the number of times you've done that. And you want to aim to get, you know, 10 repetitions two or three times. And then after you've done that for a little while, you put the weight up and you record how well you do. And he stopped for a moment and he looked at me. He said, well, why would I do that? And I, I was quite dumbfounded. I, I wasn't sure if he was joking. I didn't know what he was really asking why would you put the weight up after a while? And so my brain had to you know, play catch up here. And, and I realized that maybe it's not as obvious as I thought it was. That, And so I, well, I explained it to him in this way. I said, well, the weight you're doing now is the weight you can do and the repetitions you can do when you first have come to the gym. And you've come here on doctor's recommendations in order to improve your health. As you improve your health, you will be able to 
lift heavier weights for more repetitions. So you want to make sure that you push and, and test what that level is, what that limit is, and record it so that over time you can see your, your progress. And quite factually, he went, oh, oh yeah, makes sense, okay. And we continued on for the rest of the um, program orientation. But I think back to, to that now, and I wonder, how many circumstances do we find ourselves in where we don't realize that we are just doing, what we're doing currently is, is some sort of baseline from which we want to improve. It's very easy to forget maybe where we started from, or maybe we don't even realize that it's possible or likely that we're going to get better. So I think then on this self-improvement process, you can take all of your your gurus and your, your experts and your trainers and your coaches and the rest of it. And I think the first thing you have to understand is that you're at what could be termed a baseline. You're at some sort of level presently. And in the future, you can be better. But you won't know unless you take stock of where you are now and have a way of measuring that and understanding that. So that's, for example, why I'm doing my runs and and I'm doing this as a goal here because in August of 2020, I'm going to be running a marathon. That's 42 kilometers or um, how many miles is that? 28, 30 miles? Somewhere around about that. I can't remember now how long a marathon is in miles. I'm sure someone out there who is more familiar with miles will be able to tell me. But it's 42 kilometers. It should take about four hours of continuous um, moderate pace running to achieve. Today I ran five kilometers. Actually, I ran about seven kilometers. But let's say today I ran five kilometers. Last week I ran five kilometers. So over time, I want to see that increase. A few weeks back, I ran 21 kilometers. And I want to increase that. So the first point of self-improvement is to understand what it is you want to improve and have some sort of measure of where you are presently so that you can take further measures later to see if you are improving or not. And you can modify your approach or strategy accordingly. I think the next point about personal development or self-improvement, other than identifying what it is you want to get to and where you are now and doing the measurements, is something that I'm, I'm sure I've said a number of times before and it's something I know that a lot of um, self-development self-improvement gurus will tell you certainly I know that Tony Robbins says this is to take action and this is one of these deceptively simple concepts which hides a lot of difficulty I've been reading I read Reddit constantly and, and I reply in there so if, if anyone wants to look me up on Reddit at Gravity Undone, or slash you slash Gravity Undone. But I find there's there's always on the writing groups and the fantasy authors groups and all the rest of it, there's always a lot of people who ask these questions. How do I do X? Or how do I do Y? And I always think the answer is by doing it. Yeah? I mean, it's kind of a, a flippant response, really. But it is the truth, isn't it? Because you've got to realize that 
if you've never done it before, which is why presumably you're asking how to do it, then you probably don't know what constitutes uh, successful execution or a good execution. But that, of course, is why you have to do it. Someone says, how do I write a novel? How do I start writing? And I've seen this question a few times where they sort of say, you know, I've got all these ideas and these thoughts and I really love it, but whenever I sit down to write, I don't. And the only answer I can have to that is, well, um, do the opposite of that. Sit down and then actually write. I have this strange feeling that one of the things that stops people from being able to do that is the thought that when they sit down and write, is they're going to sit down and write a novel. And that, of course, is unlikely if this is the first time they've ever sat down to try and write a novel. But the most important thing to do is to get this baseline. They have to, you just, just start writing something, anything. And this, this is something I have learned throughout uh, my education and career. I've found myself in situations where, uh, for example, at work, this question was raised, what are the web service uh, API standards we're going to use in our team, our group? And everyone sort of sits around and looks at each other. So I just get up and start writing on the whiteboard. We're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And as soon as I've written those things down, people start chiming and say, oh, oh, actually, no, hang on, that point there, a better way to do it is X, Y, Z. And we go, really? Tell me why. And they tell me, so I write that down. But things only started improving or only started happening because I took that action. I, I wrote something down. I knew I wasn't going to get it right. That wasn't why I started. I started because, in fact, I started because I knew I wasn't going to get it right. I started because I knew that you'll never get anything if you don't start it. And you'll never get it good if you don't commit to it, if you don't put something there. So there you go. That, that's, that's sort of two points of, of self-improvement there. Number one is being able to measure it and understand where you are now and where you want to get to uh, and track it. And the other point there is that you've actually got to take action. And this this is really, it's actually a very hard thing to do because the reason I haven't previously started Gravity Undone, basically, a, a business of creativity is because I didn't start it. There's all this fear. There's all this doubt. There's all this uncertainty. There's, how do I do it? Do I really want to do it? What is it going to mean? And, and all of that, and that is just poison to output, poison to productivity, poison to personal development. That self-doubt, uh, it's, it's basically pointless. When I actually came to understand that my first effort is not my uh, last effort or only effort, it's just my baseline, that's where I know I'm going to come from, that's where I start. Once I'd learned that, it's become so uh, effortless to do things because I accept that the first time I do it, it's going to not be that great. Maybe my first time is better than other people's first times. Maybe my first time is worse than other people's first times. But you know, if we're going to say the Olympic gold medalist is not running their race for the first time when they go up 
for the Olympics. You can bet the first time that Usain Bolt ran his race, ran a race of any sort, uh, he probably didn't break 10 seconds the 100 meter sprint. I'd say he didn't. I'd, absolutely, he didn't. But after time and practice and dedication and measuring his a- approach and his improvements, and then altering his his path or training based on the rate of his improvement, there he is, gold medalist, world champion. And that's not to say that you will necessarily, in any task that you decide to undertake, become a world champion or a gold medalist or the equivalent. But rather, if you ever want to get to the best you can be, you have to start, you have to take that action. Um, so that's, that's my three points, and I basically, now you don't have to read any self-help book, listen to any um, self-improvement guru, you now have, know how to do it. Measure yourself, set goals, uh, start and take action, and then alter your approach in order to, uh, in response to the feedback you gain from your measurements. What's the biggest tool that I've had? I mean, other than taking action, the biggest tool or benefit that I have had, and one that has seen me through some very dark times, very hard times, as I think we all have at one stage or another, uh, various times where we are overcome by uh, dread, fear, anxiety, hopelessness, a sense of doom, whatever the biggest tool i've had is a very simple mindfulness and that's you can look this up anywhere really um i read a book by john cabot zing zin zing zim i can't remember his last name something along those lines anyway john cabot zin you'll find out that uh, he's all over the um, mindfulness training scheme world because mindfulness is is that whole establishing your baseline and measuring and determining and then altering. Yeah, you know, that's where your feedback starts. If you're not mindful of what you're thinking and how you're acting, how your body feels and responds and reacts, if you're not mindful of all of that, how are you supposed to adjust and improve and chase that next step? You can't. It'll just be luck. And a wise woman once told me that luck or hope is not a useful strategy. So where does this leave me? What this leaves me with is I've got my three exit plan books, and they were based off the exit plan audio drama. And the exit plan audio drama is the very first audio drama I've ever written. The first script to be acted out that I've ever written, which means... I took the action and started it knowing that it's not going to be the best that I will ever produce. Obviously trying and hoping that it will be of sufficient quality, and I believe it is. But that's led me on then to uh, a greater understanding of the process of plotting, of uh, foreshadowing, uh, of... uh, bringing a story together and creating characters. Without having done that, I would not have had that development and improvement. I would not have then written the three novels, which uh, whilst they 
essentially follow the same storyline. They are quite different in character and content. I recommend you buy them, of course. Buy 10 copies of each. Why not? Because it's ridiculous to buy 10 copies for no reason. But, hey, I'm actually undergoing now, uh, undergoing, undertaking the process of writing a book about how to write a novel. And this is a culmination of my own personal research into well, how do you write a novel? Because I've previously written some novels. They're just not good or I didn't finish them or I took too long and got burnt out. So always the question is, well, how do you do it in a way that's repeatable and of quality and satisfaction and could actually be turned into a business because that's where I need to go. That's that's part of my self-improvement program that I'm doing for myself, obviously. So this book, How to Write a Novel, is itself a learning process. So we'll see how that goes. I want you to think then uh, about one thing in your, let's say, professional creative life that you haven't done, but you've always been meaning to do and until you really understand it better and so forth. Don't try to understand it better. Don't put it off. Take that step and do it. Have you always been meaning to write a screenplay like a movie? Start writing one. Just do it. Just accept that it's not going to be the best one you've ever written. Accept that it's going to be your baseline against which you can test yourself and use it as a way of regarding your own development, regarding your own processes, and use it as a way to self-improve. That's my thoughts on that. I'm sure I have other thoughts, but that's what I've got tonight. Next week's goals. Actually, before we get to next week's goals, last week... I had a uh, a fellow send in his goals. So his goal to the end of this week was to finish writing episode three of an audio drama he's currently working on. And more generally, he wants to finish writing season two of uh, another audio drama he's written season one of, and also finish revising his second novel. I've not Add him, check back in. So you know who you are, and I'm pretty sure you listen to this show. Get back in touch, big boy. <laughs> yes, I just called him big boy. Okay, so my, my next week's goals. Exit Plan 12, because Exit Plan 11 went out this afternoon. Hurrah. Exit Plan 12 is the second last episode. It is the finale the big confrontation with Margadiel the demon and the culmination of the planning and efforts. And then I've just got one more episode after that, which is the sort of the wrap-up. And then I'm free to pursue other uh, projects, which would be great. I can't wait for it. Book three is ready for a cover. So I'm currently working on the cover for that. Hopefully inspiration strikes. I'm going to do another 5km, 5km run split. My legs are still a bit sore, so we'll see how they go. And I've got to finish writing the current blog I'm doing. And let's say, write two blogs. 
And that's that. Well, a quick note on that. The reason I... My marketing strategy is to improve my online presence and get some followers uh, who are interested in the stuff that I'm doing. And there's a number of ways you can do that. You can you know, start spamming stuff on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. But the problem with those things is they're ephemeral. By the nature of them, by their own business model, they require constant input in order to your know, constant provision of value. And that's quite difficult to do whilst you're doing everything else. However, my blogs, once I write them, if I write them with any decent quality, they'll be sitting there forever and being indexed by Google and being picked up on people's searches. They can then also form parts of other postings. So part of my November goal to enact my strategy is to write blogs because they will have the greatest longevity. If I just went straight into hammering away at Instagram or Twitter or something, a lot of that work would just disappear into the ether and I would have to keep spinning my wheels producing it. Blogs, much like my novels, which are now up on Amazon, they just, they'll be sitting there for years to come. My blogs will be sitting there for years to come and they will form the basis of all future interactions. How about that? Pretty cool. I'm going to sign off now and finish my glass of wine, in case you hadn't picked up on that. So, I'll see you later. Stay creative.